Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. Of course, we're broadcasting uh, from uh, WMAF right there in Madison, North Florida, reaching Valdosta and South Georgia. And uh, we're glad that you have tuned in to this broadcast today. These are the last of the last days. According to the scripture, when we see certain events come to pass, we are to lift up our head for our redemption draweth nigh. I believe the Lord is coming very, very soon. And therefore, I believe the work that He is doing to bring so many people into the kingdom of God, into the covering of Christ, into that place of safety and security that this world can never and will never be able to offer us. We have that provided in Jesus Christ today. And I'm so glad to be a Christian today, to know uh, that uh, with all the conditions that are worsening in this world, that it is an indication that Jesus is coming very very soon. Amen. And I want to be able to live my life as a as a living testimony uh, to the mighty work of God that God can do in any person that will repent of their sin and receive him as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. We're talking about walking and living in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. We're going to read once again from Romans 6 and verse 4 in just a moment. Once again, I would like to thank you for your prayers as we begin to get ready to make a move. You know, someone has said, uh, don't ask God uh, to take the wheel of a parked car. <laughs> I love that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, that came out not too long ago. How we need to let the Lord lead us and give Him full control of our lives. But you got to be moving, my dear friend. We have to be moving for God, for God to direct us. Uh, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, but he went because God called him to go out. And as he went, God began to direct him. So we just ask for your prayers, for God's direction for the future. Uh, we, uh, we have this great commission to keep, to go into all the world world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. And we just thank you for your prayerful support of this broadcast. And we would just like you to contact WMAF. Uh, type in uh, their their website. Type in WMAF Radio if you appreciate this broadcast and others, other programming. Let them know about it. Let them know what a blessing they are to you. <laughs> Amen. And uh, and uh, and if you would like to contact us, you can do it from their website, or you can just type in T H C O G. That stands for the Holy Church of God, right here in. Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. We would be so glad to hear uh, hear from anyone that is on the other end of this of this uh, wonderful, wonderful media called radio. You know, television came along and and it was assumed that radio was dead. Radio is alive and well. You you shouldn't watch TV in 
your automobile. Uh, you shouldn't use your iPhone. You shouldn't be texting in, the, in an automobile. But you can listen to the radio. And radio is still a viable means of communicating. And we're just glad to be part of radio media ministry and when you add the world wide web to that that means people are listening and we've heard from them from africa we've heard from other countries london england uh, we've heard from from new york city we're just glad wherever arizona wherever you are joining us today anywhere in the world anywhere in the united states of america north america we're glad that you have joined us today I believe if every Christian begins to flesh out what Christ has done in us, you know, the Bible said to work out your own salvation. That doesn't say to work for it, but it said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with a deep reverence and honor for God, that what He's done on the inside begin to show up on the outside. Praise God. So let's begin to read about this important subject, because I believe God wants every one of His children to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, to be a representative of another kingdom, because we bow to another king. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 6 verse 4 about living the new life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It said, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We should walk in in the newness of life. Last week, we talked about being spiritually dead. You know, the scripture says, and you hath he quickened or given life who were dead in trespasses and sins. And we had no fellowship uh, with the Father, no fellowship with God. Uh, in fact, the wrath of God was set upon us because we were sinning against Him. And that great chasm between a holy God and fallen man uh, was bridged at the cross by Jesus Christ when He paid the sin debt so He could bring us to God. Amen. Give us life and that more abundantly because it's everlasting life. You know, this is a very short life that we have here. The lifespan, the Bible said three score and ten is given to man. That's 70 years. That is the median level that we could expect barring accidents and incidents and illnesses. But 70 is not a long time. <laughs> and I know because I'm getting ready to turn 71 in January. It is a short, short trip. But whatever I have left in this life is not what's so important. It's that when this life ends. I have life eternal with God. Hallelujah. In the place he hath prepared. And that is what is such a consolation today, to know that death can't cancel what God has done for us and is doing in us and is going to do. Praise God. Amen. So we were spiritually dead and we were slaves to the world. You know, you can't appreciate this new life until we really remember 
what condition we were in before we came to know Jesus as our Savior. We used to sing a song, roll back the curtain of memory now and then, and show me where you took me from and where I might have been. Literally, we could probably change the words to that and say, where I would have been if I hadn't met the Master, if Christ hadn't come into my life, if my sins were not forgiven and I was still a slave to the world. What what consequences would have already come in my life? Oh, friend of mine, we talk a lot about the law of sowing and reaping that is set. God doesn't have to decide to, to do certain things. It's a, it's a set spiritual law. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Every decision, positive or negative, has consequences in my life and yours. And friend of mine, God knows the terrible consequences of sin, and he knows the blessing of forgiveness and pardon. And today, I'm so glad that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and therefore walking (laughs) and living in the newness of life. But I was, and we were, slaves to the world before we came to know Christ as Savior. The Bible said in Ephesians 2 and verse 2, and we were talking about this, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein, verse 2, in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the course of of this world. That's why I often say of a term that indicates the Christian in a different kingdom that is in conflict with the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom that influences the world system. And I call it upstream Christians in a downstream world. We walked in times past. We lived our life going with the flow according to the course of this world. You see, friend, being spiritually dead is only the beginning because in addition, we are slaves to the world. In verse 2, Paul also says that our trespasses and sins cause us to walk according to the course of this world. That's interesting. What does Paul mean by the course of this world? It's as if there was a stream of society and of culture according to our trespasses and sins. The world, Paul means, is the one that is anti-God. It is Christless. The world is bound in time and history, and we are born into it. Because this is where we're born, we live and walk according to the direction, the spirit, the environment of the goals and thinking of this Christless world system. At birth, we are snared in it, (laughs) <laughs> and and if you have any intent of this system, look at Psalm 2, verse 1 through 3. Listen to this. Why are the nations in an uproar? Watch, this is the thinking of the world. The nations are in an uproar. The writer of this ancient text could have been watching CNN news. There's no change today. And the peoples devising, it says, a vain thing. The kingdoms of the world take their stand and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed. 
let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Do you see the course of this world? That is what the world is like. And the world is not the earth, dear friend. The earth is made good. God created the earth for man's benefit and and enjoyment. There are beautiful places on this earth. But the world is not the globe, not the planet. The world is a spiritual system that is influenced by the devil because of Adam's sin. He gained an access into our world world and an influence in our world. And in this world system, no one wants any constraints. They don't want to hear that God puts restrictions on us. They want to tear their fetters off them and cast their cords from them. They don't want God's law. They don't want his anointed, who is Christ as Lord over their lives. They reject him. The kings of the earth want to use all of their power and wisdom against God and against his anointed. The world system into which we are born is moving in an anti-Christ direction. So we are spiritually dead, literally slaves to the world system before we come to know Jesus as Savior. You know, the Bible said that when we come to know Christ As Savior, we're baptized into Jesus Christ. We don't just join a religious organization or denomination. They have their place, but only the Holy Spirit can make that mighty change within us and bring that change within us. But the Bible said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. (laughs) Old things are passed away, and all things are are become new. There is victory over this world system, and it is it begins when we accept Jesus as our Savior. Hallelujah. And we're given new life in Him. And He wants us to walk in that newness of life and live in it. John 16 in verse 33 says, These things, Jesus speaking, Have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace? In the world you shall have tribulation. That word is thelpsis in the Greek, and it means anguish and pressure and pain. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Literally, in the Amplified New Testament, it says, I have robbed it of power to harm you and deprived it of power to conquer you. I have actually conquered it for you. Hallelujah. You see, friend, walking in the newness of life means that we have a new relationship with God through Jesus Christ and that through our new standing with God, we have complete victory over the world system. We were dead in trespasses and sin, and we were enslaved by the world system. And not only that, we were spiritually blind and under Satan's influence. Ephesians 2, I'm going to read it once again. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according 
to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, now in our society, it seems kind of a fairy taleish to even say the word devil, doesn't it? We don't want to think or talk about the possibility of Satan, but this is serious. This is scripture. There's a personality, a spirit being, who is named Satan. He is called the prince, which means he rules over others. He has some power and authority. He gives orders. He directs affairs. He plans strategies. He exerts power. He is also the power of the air, for the most part, means he's not of this world. He's not material, but a spirit being. Still, he is present, influencing people. This spirit being is vitally involved in the course of this world. He and those under him, all the evil spirits, are working against us and and working against Christ. (laughs) It's not going to work. We are going to prevail. We are going to overcome. Jesus has already overcome him, and we are overcoming him as children of the Most High God. Amen. The Bible said in First John that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in that first generation of Christians. Satan saw the threat to his kingdom of darkness when the kingdom of light had come in Jesus Christ and when many were born into that kingdom. Amen. Listen, it was true for Paul. It's true for us. We struggle against these powers and principalities, but we do not struggle in our own strength, in our own weak flesh. With the best of intentions, we can't overcome a spiritual entity, a spiritual enemy, without spiritual help and spiritual enablement and literal spiritual armor. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, for our struggle, this is in the now, not something in the past, not talking about something in the future, but right now is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Satan is working, and he's working against us. But let me, let me counter that with this great truth. God is working, and he is working for us and through us. Hallelujah. And the scripture is very clear. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in you and me as Christians, than he that is in the world. Praise God. You know, Jesus prayed that we be in the midst of this world as it is and be a witness to it. And that's why he prayed for us, for every believer, in not just in that day, but in this day, down through time, in John's Gospel, chapter 17. He said, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them 
from the evil one. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. That's why the Bible said, take the whole armor of God. He has, he has, he has set us in the kingdom and in the world for a time such as this. In the midst, the scripture declares, of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights in the world. Hallelujah. See, this is the great truth of God, that we as Christians can be in the world. Jesus didn't pray that he take us out immediately. That day will come at the rapture, at the catching away, and it will come soon. But until it comes, God wants us to be his ambassadors, his representatives, his lights, his luminaries. Praise the Lord. He wants us to overcome the world. He wants us to cheer up in the midst of all of this terrible time called the perilous times of the last days. He wants us to cheer up and he wants us to look up and he wants us to get up and he wants us to stand up and be counted for Jesus. What is the great Christian hymn of old? Stand up, stand up, ye soldiers of the cross. Praise God. And if there ever was a time, oh, and by the way, we need to speak up too. We need to declare openly and clearly that we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are no longer slaves to Satan, to sin, to the world system. We have been set free by the power of God and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It says that this spirit is now working in the sons of disobedient. He fosters rebellion in our hearts against God. It is interesting that it does not say the sons of ignorance, but the sons of disobedience. No one goes to hell because they're ignorant. People go to hell because they're rebels. Our spiritual condition before salvation is spiritually dead, enslaved, by the world and supernaturally influenced. It is our nature to rebel against God. It's the rebel spirit. I'm not talking about the South and the North and any of the, I'm talking about rebellion because Satan's nature is to rebel. He led a rebellion in heaven against the Most High God and he was so influential that he fostered that rebel spirit in other angels. And according to the scripture, when the dragon fell, he his with his tail, he pulled a third of the stars of heaven. Literally, uh, the angels followed him in rebellion, and they fell with him. So, friend, it's telling me that angels in that environment could be influenced by Satan, and his own heart could be corrupted because of his vanity, his pride. Oh, friend, we are no match without God's help, but we are never, ever here in this fallen world without God's help. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. I will send you another Comforter, and He will be with you, and He will be within you, and He will abide with you forever, Jesus taught. And this Comforter, the name in the Greek is Paraclete, and it means one who is called alongside. He's with us to help. 
God knew we couldn't do this on our own. But thank God he did not leave us on our own. He said, I'll give you another comforter. I won't leave you orphanous. I I won't leave you orphaned. I won't leave you comfortless, which means orphaned in the Greek. It's the Greek word we get orphaned from. It's orphanous. I won't leave you alone and abandoned. I will give you another comforter, one like myself, (laughs) the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And He will be with you. He will be in you. And He will abide with you forever. And you'll receive power after He comes upon you and comes within you. Praise God. This is spiritual fortitude. This is spiritual fighting power. This is spiritual standing power. Praise God. That is why there's such resistance to the gospel and to Christ's teachings because there is a spirit at work, but there is a Holy Spirit at work within us. I've been declaring the gospel for all of these years, and the enemy has never ceased to oppose it and oppose me and my family in this ministry. But here we are, about to celebrate 44 years here in the city of Tampa at the Holy Church of God where I have been the senior pastor. And I want you to know God has been faithful. Hallelujah. The Word of God has been tested, and I can declare it's true because God inspired it, but I can declare it's true because I've lived long enough to put it to the test and see the faithfulness of God to every promise He made and every provision that He has made. And I can declare unto you today that think that you could never live for Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Listen, the Bible said, And they that come to Him, they that come to Him, they that come just like you are with all of your habits and your hang-ups, they that come to Him can have this new life. And when we are forgiven, this life is imparted to us. And Paul talked about it this way, I'm, I'm dead and yet I'm alive, and yet it's no more I that live It is Christ that liveth in me. And the scripture said, As many as received him, to them gave he the power. Something we could never achieve in ourselves, never uh, uh, have actualized in our life. To as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. This is spiritual authority. This is a spiritual position that we have legal right to to declare our our sonship and Jesus' lordship. Praise God. We can call God our Father in heaven, not our force in the universe. Oh, friend, what God does in us and for us and through us when we receive Christ as our Savior is beyond uh, it's, it's beyond our wildest imaginations. We try to define it, but being translated out of the powers of darkness into God's kingdom, of, of the kingdom of bright light of His Son. Oh, this is this is marvelous. Every sin being remitted, not just 
swept under the carpet, but as if we had never sinned, Christ's righteousness being imparted to you, imparted to me, he wore my sin-stained, filthy, dirty robe to the cross and took the punishment for my sin. And he granted me his royal robe, spotless and pure. It's called God's righteousness. Praise God. Who am I? Who are we that God would be this gracious to, this loving, this kind, this personal, this powerful? There's victory. Jesus said, I went before you. I've robbed this world system of power to hold you or to harm you or to blind you. Praise God. Amen. Listen to John 8 as we close today. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Friend of mine, the devil was a liar then, he is a liar now. And he's telling some of you that you cannot come to Jesus. You can't live the Christian life. So don't be a hypocrite and come to Jesus. Friend of mine, I want to tell you right now, if you come to Jesus, you'll receive power to live for Him. But first, you must be pardoned and forgiven. And if you will confess your sin, repent of it, and receive Christ today, you can begin from that moment forward to walk in the newness of life. And I pray that you will. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Thank you.